Welcome to Swamp Mysteries, the treasure of Jean Lafitte, a spooky new audio adventure story for children by author Elizabeth Singer Hunt, performed by Rachel Rosick and Jordan Paul Harrow. In the last episode, Charlie, Oscar, Robbie, and Jules made a pact to keep the existence of Jean Lafitte's long-lost treasure map a secret. Unfortunately for them, the dangerous Gatlin brothers vowed to do whatever it took to get their hands on it, too. The Plantation View Library was located on the first floor of the town hall, on the other side of Poverty Point Creek. Poverty Point Creek was a narrow, mile-and-a-half-long creek that ran to the east of our town. The name of the creek and the name of the bridge that crossed it came from the Native American culture that lived on the land 4,000 years ago. Like other buildings in Plantation View, the town hall had a bit of a strange history. It was originally built in the early 1900s as a home for Mayor Andre Charles. But almost as soon as he and his family moved in, they died on the third floor under mysterious circumstances. As soon as that happened, the home was turned into a government building. Our current mayor, Francis Walters, works with other government officials on the second floor. The Plantation View Library is on the first. Nobody goes to the third floor. Ever. Despite its tragic history, the town hall is really a beautiful building. In many ways, it looks like my home. It's got columns and balconies that wrap around each of the three levels. The oak trees surrounding the building are covered with hanging gray moss. While evergreen is white, the town hall is painted a light gray. On the top of the third floor is a stained glass window featuring Mayor Charles's wife, Praline, sitting amongst the flowers in her garden. Every Halloween, Mayor Walters has a party on the grounds. Kids dress up in costumes, play games, and eat pumpkin cupcakes. For the older kids, they bring in the band Ghoul Play, which plays from 8 until 10 o'clock. They tried a haunted house event one year, but some of the kids got freaked out when they saw the real ghost of Mayor Charles inside. As soon as we walked into the front door of the library, Ms. Dupre was there to greet us. She was wearing a pretty floral dress and a white hat. Hello, children. What can I help you with? Ms. Dupre is one of the kindest people in Plantation View, probably because, as she says, the Lord is always with her. She goes to Mass every morning at the Plantation View Church and then to her library job straight after. That's why she's always dressed in her church-going finest. Oscar, Robbie, Jules, and I had already talked about how we were going to get the information we needed. For Ms. Dupre's safety, and ours, we decided to lie. Hi, Ms. Dupre, I said. My friends and I are doing a school project. We're wondering whether there are any islands in the bayous with stone arches on them. For a moment, Ms. Dupre looked at me funny. I was worried that the Lord had told her that I was fibbing, but then she said, Follow me. She motioned for us to walk with her. She led us through the children's fiction section, the cooking section, and onwards towards the back of the library. She grabbed a small, red leather book from the top of an unmarked shelf and handed it to me. There was nothing special about it, except that it looked old. There wasn't a title on the front cover, or classification number on the spine. It was as if someone didn't want people to know it existed. Ms. Dupre leaned down to us and whispered, I think you'll find this book very interesting. 
It was written by our former town historian, Felix Fortier, in the early 1900s. Mr. Fortier wanted to research the existence of the arches. He took several pictures of them and included them in this book. Many people think the arches were built by indigenous people. You know, by the people of the Poverty Point culture. Ms. Dupre leaned in even closer to us. But actually, they were built by pirates as a marker for buried treasure. Let's keep this little book our secret. In the wrong hands, it could mean trouble. Put it back when you're finished, okay? Ms. Dupre winked at us, then walked away. I had no idea whether she suspected our true motives, but it didn't matter. Ms. Dupre had given us our biggest clue yet. Robbie snatched the book from my fingers and started to rifle through the pages. Most of them were filled with words, but many had pictures of stone arches. Some of the arches looked fairly new, while others were toppled to the ground. Underneath each picture was the name of the island where it was located. Most of the pictures were dated from the early 1900s, almost 120 years ago. I'm surprised they had cameras back then, said Jules. Kodak sold his first camera in 1888. Oh, figures you would know something like that. Robbie, as usual, ignored his sister. So all we need to do, I said, is match one of these pictures to the stone arch in our book. But I had a feeling it wasn't going to be that easy. It's not like Lafitte's sketches were that accurate. We couldn't just match the look of his arch to one in the photos. We were going to have to find another marker on the island. I looked at the drawing and noticed that Lafitte had drawn a palm tree to the north of the arch. Looks like we need to find an arch with a palm tree behind it. After about 20 minutes of looking through the book, we'd found photos of three islands with both stone arches and palm trees. We wrote down the names. Alligator Island, Isle de Grand Terre, Fifi Island. The only problem, of course, was that we couldn't tell the direction the picture was taken in and whether the palm tree was to the north of the arch. The only way to find that out was to visit the islands themselves or try and do more research. But we couldn't do either. We didn't have the time. It was nearly five o'clock, and I had to be home for dinner. I'll see what I can find out tonight, said Robbie. Meet first thing tomorrow? How about nine o'clock at my house, I said. Everyone agreed. They also thought that I should keep the book. After all, it was found at Evergreen. We put the little red book back on top of the shelf, thanked Miss Dupre, and left the library. After crossing Poverty Point Bridge, we went our separate ways. Robbie and Jules walked towards their home in town. Oscar walked with me for a bit until he headed off down the path towards his house. Crazy day, huh? He said. It wasn't so much a question as a statement. Tell me about it. If you love adventure apps and puzzles, make sure to visit the App Store and download the new Secret Agent Jack Stalwart Passport to Adventure iPad app also by author Elizabeth Singer Hunt. In the app, you can become a secret agent and solve missions around the world. Just visit the App Store and search for Secret Agent Jack Stalwart, Passport to Adventure. Just like Oscar said, it had been a crazy day. I smiled at the luck of having found Jean Lafitte's book and hugged the box even tighter. But almost as soon as I did, something strange happened. The blue skies above me started to turn a dark gray. Tall and ominous clouds formed, 
and they began to follow my every move. If I retraced my steps, they followed me there. If I walked ahead, they raced to find me. On top of that, I could have sworn that I heard them moan. Panicked, I started to run. I sprinted as fast as I could towards the house and dashed down the path towards my front door. The clouds were chasing after me, blocking the sunlight above and covering the path with dark shadows. The oak trees on either side of me started to sway and rock. The tree to my right had holes in it that were glowing like eyes. Then, out of nowhere, one of its branches swung down, knocking me to the ground and causing me to drop the box. Shocked, I looked up to see the tree leaning over me and scowling. The rest of the trees seemed to be lunging in at me too. Frightened, I scooped up the box and bolted for the door. I flung it open so hard that it banged on the wall inside. I grabbed the handle and slammed the door shut, collapsing to the floor like a panting dog. My heart was beating so fast, I could hear the blood pumping in my ears. A noise came from behind. I spun around in fright. It was Alice. She was dusting the banister. I let out a huge sigh of relief. I had never been happier to see Alice in my life. I wanted to hug her and tell her about what had just happened, but something on the floor distracted me. It was the tin box. I slyly slid it closer to me and hid it behind my back. Alice stopped Dustin. She looked at me oddly. Everything all right, Charlotte? I stood up and peeked through the windows that flanked the front door. I was worried the storm might follow me inside, but there was nothing but a beautiful summer's evening outside. No dark clouds, no swaying trees. The threatening sky had disappeared almost as quickly as it had started. I was confused. I, uh, I didn't know what to say. Thoughts were running through my head. I was starting to think I'd gone crazy. Alice had no clue why I was acting so weird, and I didn't want to give her one. So, I quickly snapped up the box and raced up the steps toward my room. I I'm gonna get changed for dinner. Alice shook her head, lifted her eyes to the ceiling as if to say, God help me, and went back to dusting. If you've enjoyed this episode of Swamp Mysteries, the treasure of Jean Lafitte, make sure to select subscribe. That way you'll be the first to hear what happens next.